What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. It's going to take a lot of energy to get through the show. I'm imagining the show is probably going to run around two hours. And lots of singing. Everyone has to sing. There's so many vocals on the new stuff. That's country music legend Shania Twain giving a preview of her upcoming tour supporting her new album, Queen of Me. Shania talks about prepping for the new stage show, writing and recording her new album, overcoming adversity throughout her life, and much more in this episode of Behind the Set List. Welcome to Behind the Set List, the podcast where artists tell the stories about the songs they perform live. I'm Jay Gilbert from Label Logic. And I'm Glenn Peoples from Billboard. Jay, how you doing? I am doing great, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to sharing this podcast with our listeners. It's with country legend Shania Twain. I thought this was a great conversation. What do you think? Um. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, she is so impressive. She's one of those people that has just, you know, blazed her own trail. Um, she's overcome adversity. And she's back, and she's doing this massive tour. And we got a chance to talk to her about what, uh, what people can expect when they go see her live. Yeah, I'm not sure how much backstory Shania needs. Uh, hopefully, our listeners know about her. You know, when I think of Shania Twain, I think of her 1997 album, Come On Over, that sold more than 20 million units in the U.S., more than 40 million worldwide. The Woman and Me from 1995 was, was also a huge hit, 12 times platinum in the U.S., and up from 2002, another big hit. So she had a string of, of three albums that really rewrote the rule book on country music for songwriting and songs and production and look and music videos uh really quite an amazing stretch for any musician and um, i think people will probably know songs like you're still the one and that don't impress me much really i think timeless songs absolutely big hits and in standard parts of her set list today yeah and the new album is called queen of me came out february 3rd and uh it's got some uh, incredible talent on it in addition to Shania um, producers like you know Tyler Joseph and Adam Messenger and Mark Ralph David Stewart Simon Felice David Barron and Dave Cobb the Queen of Me tour kicks off on Friday April 28th uh, that's in Spokane and makes stops in Vancouver Denver Toronto Los Angeles New York London Dublin and more before kind of wrapping up uh, at the end of September in Amsterdam. We got a look at her set list for this tour, and she talks quite a bit about the set, the songs, uh, how she picks them, um, how she's preparing for the tour. Really gives us um, a behind-the-scenes look in our conversation, and, and I hope people enjoy it as much as I did. 
Yeah. So without further ado, here's Shania Twain behind the set list. Let it roll. Let's talk really quickly about the 2023 Queen of Me Tour, 49 cities, 55 dates so far across North America, Europe. You're in Vegas uh, preparing for that. Tell us about that. Yep. My uh, <laughs> my days are very long. And so from morning to late um, in the evening, I am here at rehearsing with the band, with building the wardrobe, uh, designing um all of the other things going on, stage, light, graphics, it's all happening. So the whole day is all about the show. I'm having a really great time, actually. And you're involved in a lot of different aspects of it. Tell us about some of the things that you've got your hands in. All of it. <laughs> um, so from the very beginning of um, designing the actual stage, um, what or if there would be any platforms, uh, scale of everything, uh, the lighting rig, what that will look like, what what effects we will have, where I want the lighting, the lighting lighting effects I want to have, um, the 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 graphic store the stories behind all of the graphics, song by song, um, the whole music direction as far as. Uh, everything as far as music direction <laughs> so i spent a week with um my music director in uh london getting that all sorted out and written out basically scored out um you know getting all the keys because i've changed some keys for certain things um i've written in some new backing harmony parts because i've got uh it's just every every little thing is everything. a process um, and then the wardrobe, I spend a lot of time every day in the wardrobe because I'm uh, designing all of the styling in the show. So everything will be unique and original. Never seen before. Wow. As you put the show together, tell us about how you picked which songs you're going to play, especially from your most recent album. How do you narrow those down to the ones that you're going to end up playing? Well, because the new album won't have had too much time in the hands of the fans yet, I right away said before the release, you know, to everyone, please tell me which what you would want to hear on tour. So, you know, what would you want to hear and be experiencing in a concert of this album? So that got narrowed down pretty well. So I've focused on those about seven of those and then um that became you know songs that i would plug in i i started with the with the classics because those are the more challenging to sing for me because that's my old voice that's my like pre-op voice or pre-lyme's disease voice so i anchor those into the playlist according to where my voice will sit at that point in the show. And then I start plugging in the other songs. And also those are, you know, I place them depending on the ebb and flow of like, uh, of the graphics, the mood, the scene that I want to set, uh, the journey I want to take the public on, you know, you know, do I want them to be dancing and singing for 15 minutes straight? Um, and when do I want my first, chat with them it's it's a whole script not scripted but 
maybe script's not the right word. It's more like a score. Got it. Tell us a little bit about the medley uh, that you're playing on this tour. Yeah. I love a medley anyway, because it gives me a chance to touch base on songs that I may not have ever done live or um, that I haven't visited in a long time. So I just put together the songs I felt flowed best together and that I really have missed and that a lot of my fans have told me they've missed. So it's kind of the treat package, you know, it's kind of um, making me really happy being able to touch on them and them as well. And I focused on the vocal elements of the songs, the vocal and instrumental elements of the songs um, that I want to hear of those, you know, out of those songs. And uh, so I'm excited about it. It sounds great. Are you going back to your your first album? How deep into the career, into your catalog, are you going to go? I will go back to The Woman in Me. Okay. I mean, I guess essentially all my own songwriting. And you don't typically do a lot of covers. We did a little research and saw back. You, you have done some really interesting covers in the past. Um, Carrie Ann by the Hollies, Fix You, Coldplay, Can't Help Falling in Love, Elvis. But, and there were a handful that you'd only played once. And I wanted to ask you about a couple of those. One I saw in the documentary, which was absolutely adorable. And that was Code of Many Colors, of course, from Dolly. Yeah. Um, love that that footage. Um, and it shows, at least according to setlist.fm, and who knows how accurate this is, but that you had played that song once, you had done Shake It Off by Taylor Swift once, mm -hmm. and even God's Plan by Drake once. Talk about <laughs> cover tunes. Well, I think at at the root of every great song or every even popular song, you know, not every popular song is necessarily a great song um, from a song writer standpoint, but what's really relevant is that whatever the, you know, whatever the listeners love is a hit song. It's a powerful song for one reason or another, but they all start. There's always an inception an idea, whether it's just a little hum of a melody, or maybe it's just a few lyrics that you string together, or it's a chord progression. And you, if you break any of those songs down, um, they may not even be recognizable, but they still have a strength. So, um, of course, you know, me doing the Drake thing uh shake it off might have been a little more obvious but then you know like the 21 pilot one was like you know um uh what one was that again i'm thinking that was uh stressed, stressed out. out that so sounded totally different it was probably not even recognizable in the moment but it was just like my singer songwriter way i would do it as a singer songwriter as a, I, I, if, if i were writing it not maybe not the way it would have ended out but the way i would have would play uh, You're Still the One on Its Own. or And so I just like stripping stripping some of those things down and just seeing how they feel on me. And, and I really love a lot. You know, I love, I'm just picking songs that I love, so. Nice. If we go way back to your early days as a performer, um, you're playing other people's music. Now you're doing your own songs. You write your songs for the most part. Um, and if people haven't seen, if our listeners haven't seen the documentary, um, 
they should see that and, and appreciate your early career and how you came up as um, a performer before you, you know, got a big break and made it on a record label. I'm, I'm wondering how those years as being a performer, um, playing, you know, all those a variety of different songs and different music, how that kind of influences the stage show now. Uh, what's how did that create Shania, the entertainer that we see now? It's a very good point because the entertainer is its own individual uh, thing. And if I look back at my catalog as a kid, you know, an eight-year-old kid in the bar, um, everyone's already wasted. (laughs) And um, I'm standing up there with my guitar and I'm singing Kalija. Uh, I I can't relate to the song Kalija. I mean, I can't really relate or I'm singing the song Divorce. I can't really, I've never experienced that. I'm singing about things I don't even know about. But I have, to, I learned at that age to to take on um, an emotion, a musical emotion that would come through my voice. You know, as a voice, you're, you're a vessel. Um, and you're just, so you could be singing in any language, for example. You don't even have to understand what you're saying or or the listener doesn't even have to understand what you're saying. You know, you might, I've got people around the world that don't speak English, but they they love the music and they sing along with it. They don't even know what I'm saying. So the story doesn't only come from the words. It comes from the emotion and the, and, and the way you vocalize the story. So in those times as a kid, I learned to take on a, a a way to express my emotion without even understanding what the song was about or relating to the <laughs> actual story. Um, so I brought life to it, um, made it believable, learned how to do that without really getting it. And I think that's extremely important. Um, you don't always have to, and it's the same thing with, you might, you might, and I did so many covers in all my youth. I didn't write those songs, so I couldn't, even as I did get older, I I was selling that song as a performer, as a singer, not as the writer, not as the actual creator of the story. And so by the time I started writing, uh, or able to, because I started writing young, but by the time I was able to record my own writing, it even got richer. And I you know, it was, it's been very, I never wanted to part with that. It was like, oh, this is the ultimate. Like, I am now telling my own story with all of this now entertainment uh, experience of connecting it to the audience. And, but, you know, so I was kind of stubborn about it. That's kind of why I didn't, I, well, that is exactly why I did not tour with the woman in me because I'm like, I don't have enough hits yet to do only my own songs so I'm waiting till I have enough and then I went on tour the next with the next album but now I feel very satisfied and I could now I'm just feel very open about it you know I could I'm happy to dabble and like you said you brought a few of them up that I dabbled with and I really enjoy it I enjoy um I'll enjoy more of that of revisiting other songs that I just really love of other people's the new album, Queen of Me, came out February 3rd. 
first new album since 2017's Up. It has 11 producer credits, a lot of talent, mm-hmm. <laughs> including yours, on on this. You know, 11 if you count the Giddy Up remix, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about the collaboration between, you know, Dave Cobb and just all of these fantastically talented people that you've assembled for this album. For this album, I, beca- I, I just became very, very open to a more collaborative production environment and and uh in some cases even with some of the songwriting a lot of it being covid was so restrictive um you couldn't get in the room with more than one or two people without 10 days of quarantine first (laughs) all all these things so i'm like at a certain point i'm like the more the merrier you know let's just i want to experiment now so working with a variety of people gave me a chance to experiment with with what they would bring to the table. You know, so my 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 directive with all of these different talents was I'm like, okay, don't because they would say, okay, well, you know, I, I think I can you know, I know how, you know, I know your voice and I know Shania. And they were thinking Shania. I'm like, don't think Shania, I'll do the Shania. I'll bring Shania. You bring you. Because that's, I want to collaborate with you, Dave Cobb. I want to collaborate with you, David Stewart. I want to collaborate with you, Mark Ralph, da-da-da-da-da. I will bring enough Shania for all of us. So forget Shania. Don't think about what I would do or what you think would suit me or anything like that. Um, and that was, I think, an important thing to, to tell them. Because I think they were thinking, okay, how does one produce Shania Twain? You know, and I'm like, don't even think that. Just how do you produce? And then I'll bring in the Shania. <laughs> so I have to laugh at that. So Queen of Me, tell us how these songs are going to sound live compared to on the record. Very pop, very dance influenced. And then when you get a band on stage, uh, are they similar? Are they different? What What's that transition like? I've got... Very dynamic musicians, obviously, very um, intentionally, um, because there's so much variety of music. So I've got two um, multi-instrumentalists that play two instruments at one time. Sometimes it's kind of crazy. I've got an extremely dynamic drummer. It's going to take a lot of energy to get through the show. I'm imagining the show is probably going to run around two hours and lots of singing. Everyone has to sing. There's so many vocals on the new stuff. There's there's a lot of vocals on the other, on, on all the stuff, but I feel like with some of the more country sounding stuff, you can get away with just a three part harmony. You don't have to have all the layers, but with this new stuff, oh my gosh. Um, we need more. There's more like counterparting and, and things like that. So uh, we're covered. Uh, we do isolated, just vocal rehearsals every day. Like when I get off with you, we'll just the whole band will go into just uh, isolated vocal rehearsals. We do that every day. Um, there's no dancers in the show. I don't want anyone's intonation interrupted. I want it's all focused on intonation, phrasing, uh, vocal blending and um, 
uh, you know, tightness. I want that really, really as perfect as possible. I mean, it's very entertaining and high energy, but no one is doing anything that's going to disturb. It's not about like the rock show. It's about voices and music, you know, sound. I mean, it's very visually going to be fascinating, but I don't have anybody running around the stage or doing anything that is going to interfere with uh, the perfection of what they're doing on their instruments so that they can also sing well. Yeah. So I, I, I really enjoyed uh, watching the, the documentary. Uh, there were so many things that, that I learned, but uh, one of the things that really hit me hardest is the fact that you've overcome adversity um, that maybe would shut down somebody else. At the age of 22, you tragically lost your mom and dad, and immediately you took on the role of guardian and provider for your brothers and sisters. You know, that could have ended your hopes to become a professional singer, but it seems to have ignited this tenacity in you. You, you sort of doubled down and worked even harder. Where did you find that strength, and where do you, where do you continue to find that strength? Uh, I mean, I certainly, I've had many, many, many moments all through my life when I really felt like I was at the end of my rope that I really just couldn't. Um, I just felt like, I, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I don't know what to do or um, I'm, I give up. You know, I have a lot of days where I'm like, oh my God, I give up, I give up, I give up. But it's almost like, and I don't, and I can't explain it, so I don't take credit for it. I think it's just a characteristic that either was, you know, that developed in the hardship of my earliest years where it's, it's do or die or sink or swim kind of thing. And I, I feel like maybe I built a, res, a nature with a resistant, a, a, a resistance that resilience story that kicks in whenever I feel feel like I'm about to drown. I fight like hell and then I till I get back up to the surface kind of thing. And um and that's just my it's become my nature or maybe it was always my nature. I don't know. It's the chicken or the egg kind of thing if you're born with that. Um but it's just a in my nature I I fall like everyone but I will I'll get up unless I die. It's kind of like the only way I won't get up is if it kills me. Um, and it, that's just in me. And it's torture sometimes because um, it's exhausting, I guess, more than anything. You know, always reclimbing, climbing, 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 climbing. I feel like I spend a lot of my life falling and climbing and falling and climbing. Um, but I'm fine with that. You know, it kind of energizes me as well. I think more just because it's been a pattern in my life that I haven't controlled. Like none of us control. Um, so I just, I know what I've got to do instinctively from a young age in order to get back on track. I know what I got to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. And it just kicks in kind of like an elastic band. It just snaps back. It's inspiring. Yeah, I wonder if, if this is part of the connection you have with, with fans that transcends the music. 
I, you know, I look at where you're touring and you're going to be heading to Scotland, Ireland, England. Um, you've had success in international markets and, and maybe it's because, you know, you, your music has a crossover appeal to it. Maybe also because of you've just connected with fans beyond the music. Do you think that's fair? Well, I think being a song, I, this is where I go back to the songwriting too. I think there is an advantage when you do write your own music. If you're not writing, if you're, I, well, I can only speak for myself, but I, my intention when I write songs is to share my inspiration, to share whatever it is that inspired me in the song. Because I've got lots of songs that I know may not inspire the majority of people. They're really just self-indulgent things that I I write for myself and I don't, I don't write them to inspire myself. I just write them to almost like a journal. But but I focus on the songs that do bring me inspiration and um, or that I'm in, that I was inspired to write from you know something else, another inspiration that I um, took. And so there's always something very authentic to it. I'm not writing for a formula. I'm not writing. Force myself out of uh, out of repetitive language. When I'm writing, I force myself out of repetitive time signatures. I uh, uh, like I I I throw uh, curveballs into my my time signatures and my and my chord progressions on purpose. I'm not uh, because I I think I would just get bored as well. Um, so when I listen to the average, um, like I just don't, I don't want to be average, you know, you know, you can, and, and, and I avoid that. I avoid being average and I think, and so, and I, I like to be playful about it too and inspiring about it. I'm not doing it to be like, to be cool or to be alternative or something like that. I'm just doing it because that's how, what I enjoy doing. And I think fans get that. I think they maybe read that in it. And yeah, I think they just read in, into it that way. And um, I'm not targeting anyone specific when I write things. I'm just targeting inspiration, really. Shania, as we wind down here, I, I want to talk for a moment about genres. Um, today, music is becoming less genre-based. It's more mood-based. But you were there from the start. I mean, wh who is Shania Twain? Is it country? Is it pop? Is it rock? Is it dance? I, I think the answer is yes. Um, and I don't know if that's been played out any more clearly than this um, version, this Giddy Up remix um, with Malibu Baby um, is... There's not a lot of artists who could pull that off, but pull it off genuinely like you do. Talk a little bit about genres in your music. So if I go back to um, the point of when a song, when I start a song and how it first begins, it, and even when I finish writing it, it doesn't have a treatment yet. It may not even have a tempo. It may, it may start, I might write it in one tempo and then end up in another tempo. So um, at the core of it, um, 
I could go a million directions with any of my musical ideas. Um, and then the next layer of it is really deciding where it belongs. You know, where is its best home for what it is that I want to say? What's what's the music story behind it? Where does it want to be? And then I just do my best in, in, in you know, getting with the right producer and um, and we just work it out we jam it out till we feel good about it till I feel good about it till I feel like everything's sitting where it's supposed to but it doesn't mean that that's the only place it can live there's so many ways to uh I could say this in so many ways there's there's a lot I'm going to try to make it a little bit more succinct but I just don't see that music I don't see it limited to a genre let's say that much I don't think that songs are limited to any genre perfect example i will always love you i mean don't fence me in that's all i can say don't fence me in don't songs every song should have a big banner on it saying don't fence me in i belong everywhere and uh dolly parton wrote that song she wasn't writing it with the intention of it some like she wasn't going oh i have an agenda someday this is going to be a big ballad for, you know, uh, Whitney Houston. She had no agenda like that. She was just writing a pure song from her heart. And uh, she is a jangle guitarist, banjo player, and uh, has a Southern mountain accent. And that and the song came out her that way the first time around. She recorded it probably in Nashville, had Nashville musicians. But the song obviously had the potential of going many different directions. Ended up going a polar opposite direction, if you will, in the sense of genres. And lived a whole other life again. This is the power of just songwriting that comes from an authentic place. Because I think some songs that are written too specifically within a specific agenda doesn't have that same. Uh, I think it's already fenced in from the beginning. If you're labeling it with an agenda. Um, that's what I would say about genre. I think genre finds the song. As we're we're kind of running out of time here. So um, I just wanted to take a moment to. Thank you for taking the time out of your, your busy day. It sounds like you're doing a lot getting ready for this tour, uh, more than most. And uh, we appreciate you. And uh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for watching the documentary and for being so well-informed. I really appreciate it. We'll see you out on the road. Okay, I look forward to it. <laughs>